Para su año, como ni a la guana mamá que ñirao. Since 1954, the World Meteorological Organization has been naming hurricanes and tropical storms. But what did these people do to deserve having their names attached to this? As climate change continues to create more frequent and devastating storms, we propose a new naming system. One that names extreme storms after policymakers who deny climate change. We propose something like this. Senator Marco Rubio is expected to pound the eastern seaboard sometime early tonight. Windows are being boarded up and grocery stores are virtually empty as Marco Rubio threatens everything in his path. Now, Michelle Bachman is on the way, folks, and specifically the eye of Michelle Bachman will be hitting Florida in a few hours. Congresswoman Michelle Bachman is incredibly dangerous. If you value your life, please seek shelter from Michelle Bachman. Senator David Bitter is turning out to be one of the hugest and costliest disasters in American history. David Bitter is literally lifting boats out of the water and tossing them onto the land. In New Orleans, the Libyan Bell Bill to stop Hurricane Colin Peterson have been... 
Um, North Carolina should be forced to accept fracking on, could be forced, not should be, could be forced. <laughs> that was a slip. Yeah. <laughs> um, they could be forced to accept fracking on their property. Not willing to sell out to crackers? If you're a property owner living above natural gas reserves in North Carolina, you might not have a choice. A panel charged by the state's legislature with developing hydraulic fracturing guidelines recommended Wednesday that property owners be forced to allow drilling beneath their property if enough of their neighbors want it from the Associated Press. A panel commissioned by the state government said Wednesday that forced fracking should be allowed in North Carolina. Forced or compulsory pooling allows the state to let energy companies drill into natural gas reserves under non-consenting property owners' land. Property owners in the state receive a percentage of the profits from the gas extracted from under their property. Well, that's nice, at least. Once they force their way onto your property, at least they give you a little bit of money in compensation. Well, that's like the whole eminent domain rule where they can decide that it's okay to build, you know, a, a road or a power line through your property and then give you a little bit of money for it. <laughs> yeah. So. It's a similar idea, except in this case it's about uh, uh, private companies rather than public utilities, like... Um, excuse me, both both roads and power lines are private companies. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, they're both by them, but yeah. especially power lines. Roads are theoretically public resources. They, uh, yeah. But, yeah, that's their, uh, they, they just say, well, if your neighbors want to do it, so you got to do it, too. You're out of luck. And that one particularly caught my eye because Illinois is currently developing its uh, guidelines for how to conduct hydraulic fracture in Illinois. And they're doing it without public uh, public input. They're just doing it behind closed doors. Now that the decision has been made to do it, so we may end up with that too. If they do it behind open doors, it's okay. <laughs> well, open doors, you can see what they're saying. Like you know, you might even be able to. Well, if they don't <laughs> tell you where the meeting is. It, oh, that's true. The door is open, but you know. Yeah. It's just like it's like. Okay, we we will we will uh, print this in some obscure newspaper somewhere. Yeah. So we, I mean, we we let the public know about it. Yeah, we're gonna have a public meeting. If you can find this somewhere out in the woods, <laughs> you can have your input. Otherwise, you're out of luck. Superstorm Sandy washed away half the Fire Island sand. Well, maybe that's why it's called Sandy. <laughs> yeah, it made it very sandy. It was obvious to locals that Fire Island, New York, Long Island's longest barrier island, lost a lot of sand during Superstorm Sandy, and now federal scientists have quantified the staggering loss, 54.4%. That's pretty accurate. Yeah. I wonder if they wanted to grain the sand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like... They got an intern, an undergrad. Know, uh, beforehand... No, I mean, probably they just took a, you know, satellite picture and then said, you know, it's this much shrunker. Yeah. Shrunker. That's a scientific term also. I like the counting grains of sand explanation better. Now, researchers warn that the disappearance of more than half of the island sand dunes and beachfront sand has left the tourist mecca more vulnerable to further storms and floods. During winter storms that followed Sandy, the shoreline on the exposed island was sucked back a further... 200 feet in one place, although most of the sand lost during those smaller storms washed back in place by April. Much of the sand lost during the superstorm, by contrast, is still missing. Yep. 
It's like some poor person somewhere in another part of the world has, you know, 54% larger beach now. <laughs> yeah. If only it was that simple. Mm -hmm. It'd be nice. It'd be nice if it washed up on the shore of, like, the, the Maldives where they're afraid of going under the ocean. That's true, yeah. They I could mean, bolster them up. It's just like... I don't think it works that way, though. Well, if we could train the, the nature to do the things <laughs> like that. Wait a second. We're trying to train it. Yeah, it's not listening very well. <laughs> no. It seems to want to go its own way. And that way involves devouring entire islands on the coast of New York. All right, well, so speaking of coasts, we've got another story coming up. Speaking of messing with nature. <laughs> speaking of messing with nature, big time. Fukushima keeps on leaking. Japan keeps on issuing confusing explanations. They're running out of gum. Yeah. <laughs> They're running. It's like, tell everybody in Japan to chew more gum so we could stop that leak. Yeah. So like, this this latest confusing thing said, we ran out of gum. No, they didn't say that. But they're not really saying anything. They're actually being very secretive. About yeah, they're being secretive, and when they say something, it's not clear exactly what's going on. Because it's it's really bad, and they don't want to say how bad. Yeah. So they just slowly, slowly let it out. And then it doesn't seem so bad, right? Yeah. If you just, like, slowly, slowly build up how bad it is, <laughs> it doesn't seem so bad. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, climate change. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, so here are some of the details. Problems are continuing to bubble, verbal up at Japan's crippled Fukushima nuclear power plants. Well, in this case, flash shots. We learned last month that contaminated water has been leaking from the plant in the sea at a rate of about 300 tons a day. Only 300 tons a day? Yeah. That's not too much. It's like... Huh. The, the ocean's big, right? So I can just soak that up? Well, I mean, um, I don't know. Well, I've seen, uh, I've seen this map where it's a color map of the radiation in the ocean, and it's bright. It, there's this, like, this spot around Fukushima that's bright red, and it radiates out all the way across the ocean to the, the west coast of the U.S. And oh, that'd be horrible if it killed every, you know, I mean, basically all that, what is it, 70% of our water and our planet is ocean. Yeah. So that would really, really be horrible if they, like, literally killed off the aquatic life. Yeah. Man, I'm about ready to cry here. Yeah, and that's one of the risks of this, you know, continued radiation is that, you know, as of now, it hasn't done that. But if there's a constant stream of 300 tons of radioactive material a day going into the ocean, that could have some serious impacts. And then last week came word of a more serious spill of 300 tons of extremely radioactive water which the government classified as a level three incident on the international nuclear and radiological event scale. That's a scale from zero to seven, and where everything is speechy at zero, and past level three indicates a serious incident. And level seven, which means the kind of living hell that engulfed the facility when its reactors melted down following an earthquake and tsunami in 2011. So yeah, level three alert is very serious. And it came two days after the Japanese government ministry had compared the plant's operator's efforts to deal with worrying toxic water leaks at the site to a game of whack-a-mole. This is what a government minister said? Yeah. That was about as funny as me saying the chewing gum. Yeah. It was like, oh, yeah, we're trying to fix this, you know. It's really hard. It's like playing whack-a-mole. It's like playing whack-a-mole, yeah. 
it brings it, it's at once this funny and sort of dark humor image of like, it brings up this visual, but they're dealing with something so serious that playing whack-a-mole to try to fix it is not a fun prospect. Well, and especially when they're doing the whack-a-mole on this, on that large of a scale. I yeah, mean, the mole is being the tongues. It's <laughs> just like that. <laughs> so, in something a little more fun on the pipeline, what do you call it? We've been talking a lot about, you know, um, o o pipelines going all over the place, spilling yeah. oil. Now, this pipeline, hey, you might not mind if it spilled a little bit. Officials discover an illegal vodka pipeline. Did you get that? A vodka pipeline. Yes, a vodka pipeline. If oil is liquid gold, vodka is what? Liquid silver? Whatever you call it, there's a major demand for the spirit, as evidenced by a secret pipeline that channeled it from, let's see if I say this right, Kazakhstan to Kyrgyzstan. I can't say it. Yeah, I think Kazakhstan to Kyrgyzstan. That's pretty good. <laughs> and it's just like, um, so it's been channeling it for months. Well, they probably don't know how long, but they found the pipeline earlier in August. It's believed to have carried mostly vodka through an eight-inch wide tube over a third of a mile under the Chu River, which divides the two countries. Now, mostly vodka. Um, they probably sent some cranberry juice. <laughs> I don't know. You know, they're probably pretty classy people. Yeah. I mean, that's the classiest vodka pipeline. You know, <laughs> they clean it out with orange juice. juice. I don't know. It's yeah. Like, a chaser, yeah. It's just like <laughs> from the chaser through the pipeline. It's just like a little lime juice, you know. I don't know. Yeah. So. It's just like sneaking, sneaking vodka across the border through a pipeline. Yeah. Well, yeah, like you said, that's one pipeline. If it ruptures, it's not going to be. It actually could be possibly a little bit of an ecological disaster, but mostly it would be a lot of happy people downstream. All right, so let's see. Speaking of happy people, I saw the photo of this woman in this story. She seemed very happy to have a bicycle back. The girl steals bike back from bike thief. A young woman in Vancouver found her stolen bike posted for sale on Craigslist. So she contacted the thief, posing as an interested buyer, took the bike for a test ride, and just kept riding. <laughs> it's just like, what if it wasn't your bike? <clears throat> yeah. But that actually happened to my brother. He had a very distinct, like, um, blue color, and then a very distinct, it was a 20-inch bicycle. Yeah. And it was like, um... Well, anyway, he had a very distinct-looking bike. I mean, he purposely made it distinct so people wouldn't steal it. I mean, it was just like, you either, you know, purposely make your bike non-discreet so mm -hmm. that people think it's a piece of junk, yeah. or you make it very vivid. So he had painted it a very vivid blue color. Someone stole it, and, I don't know, four or five days later, he saw someone riding it through campus, and he ran up to the person. He says, let me have my bike, and the guy was like, no, and he's like, me my bike. <laughs> yeah. like, and the guy was like, okay. <clears throat> okay <he> insists. <laughs> like, yeah. My brother's not, you know, a physical person. <laughs> so, but he spent a lot of time putting that bike together. Yeah. You know, and it was you know, a personalized bike. I just, I just actually read on, what was it? There's a website called FML about someone who custom ordered a bike that was six foot nine inches tall. <laughs> they got the bike in the mail after waiting three or four months. And the day they got it back, it got stolen. <laughs> FML. So. Yeah. 
That's yeah, crazy. that that's not a bike that you can just ride around town. I mean, it's like yeah, so. yeah. And she did. It doesn't have it here in the email, but uh, she did check the serial numbers afterwards to be sure. And she recognized the distinctive stickers she had on it. Yeah, but yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah, I just actually saw um, someone who stole a food trailer. Like, you know, these trailers where you cook food in it, it's like a barbecue trailer in Tennessee. And it's getting, like, I received it on the Internet from, like, three different people. So, like, they're passing it around. So someone's going to have a hard time keeping it in secret. Yeah. But um, barbecue trailer in Tennessee. How hospitals can help fight climate change. Okay. Premium non Saturday. Think I did that right? <laughs> it's Latin. I don't know. Yeah, it's Latin. We don't know for sure how it's come on, so that's close enough. <laughs> the Latin phrase meaning first, do no harm, is a poor tenant taught to aspiring medical professionals. It most commonly applies, of course, to physicians to ensure that they do nothing that could potentially hurt a patient. But the healthcare sector has been applying it in a broader context, specifically to fight climate change. Hospitals and healthcare systems are major vessels of medical waste and massive consumers of energy. According to the U.S. Department of Energy, they are one of the most, quote, complex and energy-intensive facilities, end quote, in the country. Major heating and lighting needs, 24-7 occupancy, and large energy-sucking machines lead hospitals to have more than 2.5 times the energy intensity and carbon dioxide emissions of, you know, like-sized buildings, commercial office buildings, for example. So Healthcare Without Harm has helped organize more than 600 hospitals and healthcare systems around the first Do No Harm model to the Healthier Hospitals Initiative. Um, one, one of the things, I don't know if you know this, but our hospital in town here have, has won a lot of awards for energy efficiency. Um, well, and energy efficiency literally helps the bottom line. Yeah. If they save energy, they save money, and therefore they make a profit, maybe. You know, they have a much... So it's if you set up a program where you take your energy-saving money and then put that back into energy-saving um, equipment and plans and ideas, yeah. it's this self-perpetuating prophecy of saving tons of money towards the end. Yes, a good kind of positive feedback. Yeah. So I was curious if our local hospital was doing that. And I wonder if they're part of the Healthy Hospital Initiatives then. I don't know if they are, but... If not, now they know about it, hopefully. Yeah. Tell, your, tell your local hospital that it exists. Yeah. But yeah, it sounds like a good... Uh, it's the idea of saying healthcare and climate change in the same sentence. Mm -hmm, yeah. I don't know. It's just it's not something most people think of. No, but I mean the fact that they use so much energy. Yes, it yeah. makes a big difference. And they got an award as uh, champions of change for their work with this healthcare without harm program. Uh, they also the problem is that it also said you very do hear healthcare and climate change in the same sentence. Okay, I didn't even read that. <laughs> yeah, I you think it along the same lines as them. But yeah, it's good to see. I like the fact that they tied it in with the medical motto too, because I'm very I'm familiar with that first do no harm. That's the 
motto of the medical community. So they're now thinking outside the box and applying that to how they do their work and how it affects the community. So today, well, we only have, what, two more days of August. Yes. That means summer will be over in two days, right? <laughs> or maybe it'll, you know, we'll finally have summer. It'll just be delayed. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? The climate's a little crazy these days. Yep. It's, what is it? It's bipolar weather. <laughs> yep. That's my favorite um, self-made-up term. <laughs> um, it means it's schizo. Um, is, is bipolar and schizo the same? Oh, no. They're very different. <laughs> oh, okay. Never mind, then. Um... Today is Friday, the 30th of August, and today is National Holistic Pet Day. So that means if you have one of those pets that aren't good for you, you probably should teach them to be holistic today. Yeah, like, you can teach them to uh, eat organic food and uh, you know, be really healthy, do their yoga. Well, cats are really good at yoga. They just flop down and they can do all these yoga poses without even trying. That's true. It's like... The downward cat. <laughs> yeah, downward facing cat. So let's see, some other holidays coming up. Sunday is Love Litigating Lawyers Day. We should have gave Paul a hug, huh? Oh, well, we should have, yeah. Well, we, had, we have to tell him he has to come in tomorrow if he wants. <laughs> yeah, if you want to hug, you can meet us tomorrow. Um, it is the anniversary tomorrow of the death of Diana, Princess of Wales. We, we, we cover pop culture, too, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Also coming up, we had, uh, let's see, who's Chicken Boy? I don't know. It says Chicken Boy's birthday, but I haven't looked that one up. So we, we do pop culture, but we don't know that much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so send us an email, info at yourcommunityspirit.org, and straighten us out. Who is Chicken Boy? It's his birthday on Sunday. Yes, let's see. Well, coming up on Tuesday, we have the birthday of Charlie Sheen. He hasn't been in the news lately. He's his life has finally calmed down a little bit. Wednesday is International Driver Studebaker Day. <laughs> it's like, but it also is Newspaper Carrier Day. Yes. And Thursday, which you could probably delay until Friday, be late for something today. Yeah, I may have to put that off till Friday. I mean, I got a busy week next week. <laughs> Yeah, and also, this, yeah, we did mention this weekend, because the county hasn't gone here. We've got uh, Labor Day coming up this weekend. Uh, Labor Day weekends. Monday is Labor Day. You work extra hard that day. Yeah. Well, Monday is Labor Day in the U.S. Everybody else in the world celebrates it on May 1st. But uh, they're practicing late day. <laughs> they do later until September. Just like, it seems like most people end up working a lot harder on Labor Day because they stay home and they, you know, do their lawn and all the stuff they've delayed. Yeah, they do all the homework that they've delayed. They do lawn, they do some cooking. That's, some of that stuff's fun. Yeah. Um, happening. Again, today is Friday, August 30th. Today, from 2 to 4 p.m., Logic Drop-In Workday. Logic is the local organic gardening coalition of Carbondale. Grab a shovel, bring a friend, and come on down to the garden to get your hands dirty and clear your mind before the weekend. They will be planting broccoli and cauliflower and weeding. That is out Pleasant Hill Road, out at the SIU Farm, which is at 3373 West Pleasant Hill Road. Hmm. Sounds like a good time. Give me your hands and the dates out there. Dance some good veggies. We also have, coming up tonight, the Friday Night Fair. 
happens tonight and every Friday during the summer at 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Palm Square Pavilion in Calvindale. Free live music, the food court, farmer's market, information from local groups, free market, regional arts and crafts, all sorts of goodies. Okay. You mentioned free market? Oh, yeah, I did. I, just, I was using you. You said it twice. Oh, did I? Just give me a price. I think you did. Um, <clears throat> no, I said farmer's market and free market. Um, I have yet to make. I haven't made it to one of those in a long time. I'm constantly out of town. I'm going to be out of town today too. Yeah. I really like that. The Friday night fair. I mean, it's music and kids and food, and it's like, you know, a lot of people from all aspects of the community. Yeah. Yeah. It's just. And that's part of why we announced it. I mean, it took a break for a month because of the heat of summer, which actually <laughs> didn't end up being the hottest part of summer this year. But yeah, they, they, it was a good effort. <laughs> they set it up because of last year. Yeah, last year, yeah. Last year was the drought season, you know, so it was just insanely hot. And But also they set it up that, that period where the, our area is really dead, you know. Mm-hmm. People travel, people, you know, um, take time off, yeah. you know. So there's that, you know about a month there between time. But now the Thursday. Also on Fridays, open mic night at the Guy House Interface Center. Express yourself in a comfortable, coffee house environment. Everyone is invited. Poets, musicians, storytellers, dancers, and more. Perform music solo or bring your band. It's a nice way to get a little rehearsal time in front of a live audience. <laughs> That's Fridays at starting at 7 p.m. at the Guy House Interface Center. Sounds like a good time. And we mentioned farmers' markets. We've got a couple other farmers' markets coming up in Cardinal. On Saturday, every Saturday during the season, from 8 a.m. to noon, there's the farmers' market in the West Town Mall parking lot on the west side of Cardinal. And then there's also one on Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Cardinal Community High School. So you've got two golden opportunities to Get some local food, some local arts and crafts, hang out with local people. For local, for local. Our, our WDBX, we are going to have a party. Yes. Tomorrow. Party time. That's right. Studio B Launch Party, Saturday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here at WDBX 91.1. We are excited to announce that WDBX will be launching its brand new studio. And that's um, local legend for Woodbox Gang will perform live on the air on 91.1. So again, tune in from 8 until 10 p.m. on Saturday. And so what else are we going to do? I mean, the idea of having a, a Studio B, I mean, a big part of it is we can record shows separately. Yeah. We can actually have people come... Um, perform live and record them um, well and we have a backup studio if one of them that's working you know, yeah, you know the other one yeah I mean and you can like let's say like your music show is on a Tuesday night but the band you like is coming into town Wednesday you could record them in the studio B and then play it on your show uh, when it's your turn and we have done that before where we both knew we were going to be gone on Friday We've recorded it as early as like Tuesday. Before. Yeah, yeah. It was fun to act like it was Friday. Yeah. Because we we act like it was live. You yeah. Know, we're like we talked about the weather and <laughs> just we did that before and once one time we were wrong. Yeah. We talked about the weather and it turned out to be completely opposite of what we were talking about. Yeah. But it's just fun to act like it. 
Or we do the whole show, and at right at the end, you're like, by the way, you know, this is not. So, all right, two other happenings. Oh, yes, we've got the Bromberg Concert Series, Wednesdays at noon at the Palm Square Pavilion. Uh, they know there's going to be playing there this Wednesday. So that should be the month of September. Questions of Faith and Reality, Wednesdays at 5 o'clock at the Guy House Interface Center. Uh, people from different beliefs and faiths come together and listen to each other's thoughts on many questions of life. Yes, and Green Night over at Guy House, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. I've been going to that. That's pretty fun. People bring all their games and they decide what they want to play. I think that's it. Yep, that's all we got. We got to let the next few in. <laughs> Darn it. Well, Paul tries to keep us out late, and so then we end up keeping out the next person. Good, but we will see you again on the radio next week, here live, Friday morning at 10 o'clock. Info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Yes, have a good week.